right, let's jump right into it here. Episode 46 of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Dan Claskins, James Adams, back with you. The calendar turning September, the real thing, right around the corner of the preseason's ended. Roster cuts have happened. Lots of moves over the past couple days, trades, guys looking for homes, guys back on the practice squad. We'll hit the highlights there. But the big topic of the day we're going to get into here, some, not all of them, but some of our favorite season-long prop and future bets. We're going to break it down in James. We've been talking props for months here on the podcast as well as on the SiriusXM Fantasy Show. And I got to admit, I haven't fired down on as many as you. I've got a couple already out there. Just a couple. But then again, I'm not betting golf right now, so I'm not actively like in states gambling on a weekly basis. I'd probably have a lot more if I was actually making the trip across the border to Indiana because, you know, I'm a Kentuckian and we get screwed. No, I'm in the same boat as you, and I would be uh, probably waiting to make my first couple, but having been actively going to the casino and making some other bets, I've got, I think, four NFL bets in right now. None are players. They're all teams. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting to see how it all goes, and uh, we're going to dive into that. Like I said, we've got more to offer than just the sum that we're going to offer up here. I'm still actually adding to my list of ones I plan on making in the next few days, but uh, definitely got a head start. We'll share those. We're also going to tell you what the Fantastics Draft Advisor likes in terms of its projections, a few players that have popped out either over or under to talk about there as well. And speaking of the Draft Advisor, a couple things to tell you about that. Number one, if you're getting ready for your draft or auction, or no matter what it is, as many leagues as you want, you need to take the tool in there. You can go over to insiderfootball.com. Of course, that's where you can get it, all the tools to win this season, a free trial available for you there. And you can actually get the touchdown package, which is all of our regular season stuff, plus the draft advisor, all for free with the first time deposit at Thrive Fantasy. Uh, you can go over to insiderfootball.com. All those details of that deal with Thrive right there on the sign-up page. Be sure to check it out. James, let's dive into some of the news and notes since we last chatted. The roster cut down day to 53 came on Tuesday around the league and so many players gone and moving around. And uh, let's just start with uh, a couple notable things, I think, over the past couple days and uh, in no particular order. But I'll, I'm going to start with Jimmy Garoppolo. How about the interest of this? Uh Somewhat of a surprise. The market, of course, wasn't there for him with that high pay cut. You thought they would cut him and, and maybe take his chances. But looking at the fact that really the opportunity wasn't there, the, he takes a pay cut. He stays at the Niners as a backup, which is obviously not a bad insurance for the Niners. Sets himself up for a better free agency next year where he's not coming off of a surgery. I get it all makes sense. But it also does maybe, maybe take a little bit of the... uh the tarnish out of Trey Lance because you got to figure uh, if, if Garoppolo is still in the house, if Lance were to struggle more than any of us expect, which I don't really expect him to struggle. I mean, the opportunity for them to turn back to Garoppolo to stay in the playoff hunt could be there. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be one of the premier backups. And uh, I mean, there was a time where I thought I was drafting Garoppolo and Superflex late because I thought I was going to have him as a potential starting quarterback in another place besides San Francisco. It'll be interesting to see if this does indeed still mean he doesn't get moved. Heard some conversation about the deal that 
possibly this still allows. Well, for there him. are some no trade clauses and stuff, so he'll but definitely. But he could have waive some. it if he was yeah. going to a, a team that lost a quarterback and was in the hunt for a, or a playoff run. They said he waited on his surgery so long to where he almost played his way into this situation. But either way, I think it works out well for Garoppolo. He'll get a chance. I'm not backing off of like Trey Lance being a this team's QB one for everything they paid for him. No. I think the hype train's starting to get a little fast, and my Trey Lance shares are getting tougher to get now that he's going around seven and eight in some of these drafts. But uh, no doubt about it, it was sort of uh, something I wasn't really originally expecting. I'll say that. How about Sony Michelle? He gets cut from Miami. Uh, so we talked about that crowd of backfield, and actually. Alan Pupar, uh, Pupar, when we had him on our Sirius XM show this past weekend, covers the Dolphins and has for some years. He predicted this, so uh, that was right in line with what he told us there. But quickly picked up by the Chargers, they then wave Larry Roundtree. I know Isaiah Spiller hasn't had the preseason, some were hoping with his rookie status. I mean, this is actually ends up being a bit of an upgrade here for Michelle. I mean, I'm not necessarily going all after the guy, especially in drafts and stuff, but uh, some revolving running back doors, to say the least. My late best ball shares were somewhat protected there. I thought he might end up there or maybe that's Baltimore. Exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking about it, dude. I was You were taking my counterpoints. Like, dude, all those like 20th round, 19th round, Sony Michelle best balls. Actually, maybe, maybe it actually ended up a little better now. Yeah, and I say I was expecting him there. Not there. Honestly, I thought he might end up back where he came from, the other L.A. team. But I thought he could end up there. He could end up in Baltimore. The fact that he's on a roster, and as good as Austin Eckler was around the goal line last year, I'm still not convinced that he's some goal line hammer. And I think Michelle could could stumble into five-plus touchdowns easy where he sits right now, maybe even more. I think that's a nice floor for him. We saw Jalen Rager get traded from Philadelphia to the Vikings, former first-round pick. LaVisca Chenault, another hyped-up dude. He sent from Jacksonville to Carolina. Uh, so some wide receivers on the move and some deals and just surprising cuts here and there at the position as well. But any any hope that these new homes will bring these once-hyped-up wideouts back on the fantasy radar? No. Not really. I mean, in Minnesota, you're still behind Thielen and and Jefferson and probably Osborne and maybe some tight ends. Um, you know, in Carolina, I mean, their game plan is to have McCaffrey go for a thousand and a thousand, I bet. Maybe not quite that, but you get the idea, eight hundred and eight hundred anyway. So no, I mean Chenault maybe becomes a, a nice little gadget play, but I wouldn't want him in anything other than best ball. He's certainly not gonna hit the ground running when they were playing week one in Cleveland, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have some packages ready to go. Um, I don't think so, man. At this point, I look at them and I don't see much more difference than uh, some other guys we've seen in the past that have made a splash and impact, but only a waiver wire one like Brashad Perriman, certainly Laquan Treadwell last year. Guys like that, that maybe if they end up in a perfect position, you pick up off the waivers, but I don't think it's a player you're looking to add to your roster right now with their new home. What about Kenyon Drake? Here was a guy cut now he's suddenly in Baltimore we know Dobbins is dicey for the early part of the season they've already said Gus Edwards is probably going to miss the first month Mike Davis probably the starter here but Kenyon Drake is there a heartbeat in his fantasy value it's worth monitoring if you're the Dobbins owner you probably should go get him right now um does it pan out I don't know but Guys like Justin Forsett, and uh, I mean, I don't know if Freeman counts last year, but we've seen other journeymen make a mark there. They're searching for a running back. We've never seen Dobbins do it in the NFL, 
as the main guy, right? He was good behind Ingram in one year. I think Drake is certainly somebody that you should be picking up if you're a Dobbins guy. Yeah. Uh, what about the, uh, the, I mean, is Drake a guy that you think that could develop a role even after Dobbins comes back? Yes. I mean, is his style good enough to still have some role in this offense for the long term? Yeah, because after Rashad Bateman and Andrews, I mean, Isaiah Likely, a rookie tight end now, is being drafted because they think Baltimore is going to have one receiver and they're going to run a million tight ends. Maybe they run two backs. Yeah, I think so. I think they're searching for playmakers. Uh, Prochet, Duvernay, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Drake's the guy after Bateman in that receiving game. I don't know. But we know that a couple of years ago in Arizona, he was a massive lift to teams in the second half. Yeah. One final note from today, Trey Sermon cut. Just Peter King just a couple days ago was trying to hype him up as second on the depth chart, good preseason. But, dude, uh, no longer a 49er. And I don't know, James. I'd be surprised if he ends up back there. Can he find a new home? And is there anything really for him to to still prove? Or, I mean, I don't know. What's the, yeah. What's your verdict on Sermon? He'll find a home. Somebody's going to give him a look because it didn't work out in San Francisco. Teams with a different scheme may look for him and say he's a better fit here. Yes, I don't think that his career is over. He's only what? Uh, this was his second year in the NFL, so he's going to get a look. I thought he would fit well in Baltimore, too. Um, maybe they've kind of already laid their bed, so I don't know where else he would go right now off the top of my head, but I do not think his career is over. Whether it ever becomes something that fantasy owners are happy to have on their roster, I don't know about that, but he's going to get a look somewhere for sure. Definitely all things interesting there. The final thing, Marlon Mack, he was cut, but now back on the practice squad in Houston, but any thoughts that he was going to be the guy I think those have been extinguished. It's clearly Damian Pierce's show, James. And, uh, I mean, goodness, they were talking about in some FFPC drafts last night, him going in round three. You're talking about Jesus. some soaring, soaring ADP rise here of Damian Pierce. There's literally no value left in the guy, but it's becoming clear he is the guy. So drafting in your draft tonight and all these other drafts coming up, I mean, when are you pulling the trigger on this guy? I mean, I'm not pulling the trigger until the fourth, or I'm sorry, the fourth, not even. That's not accurate. Um, late fifth, early sixth. So if I don't get them, I'll take you're the shares I have. Fine, no, that's not. fine. Oh, and I know you're not saying that uh, that I'm an idiot for not getting, but but to the people who are taking them in the third round, are they all of a sudden a great defense and they're just going to run the ball? Are they the Colts now? Yeah. Come you on. You know what's interesting? You think his you think his stock is soaring here? Uh, it's even worse for the, some of these sports books. And this is a nice transition into some of our prop bets here. But after that cut of Marlon Mack, I mean, uh, a lot of shifts over there. Betters, they, they, you know, they're buying into the hype, the same hype all August that the, that the, um, that the fantasy owners, managers are. And uh, they're taking notice for him to win Rookie of the Year. Caesars reported that Pierce now accounts for the second most money of any offensive Rookie of the Year candidate, 10.8% behind Kenny Pickett. And the majority of that money has rolled in as August as he continues to move up the depth chart. Over the last month, James, his odds have moved from plus 2,500 to plus 1,300 at Caesars. And, uh, you know, you look at that, I mean, bet MGM, they moved his odds from plus 200 to plus 1600. He's like 5%, almost 6% of the handles there, according to them. And, uh, right now, another big hot name on that list is George Pickens of the Steelers. But I mean, Pierce, a guy that, I mean, in the summer, people ask me why I was drafting early and why I always draft early and all these early drafting things that people say, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do 
Well, dude, I was getting Damian Pearson like round 11 and 12 in June. So uh, this is a perfect example why I like drafting early, especially in these bigger formats. I've been doing exactly what people tell me I shouldn't do my entire life, Dan, and I'm here with you tonight. So I think you should just go ahead and do what you think. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I'm thinking like even a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I, I'm hoping to get him in the six. Yeah. I, and what I do think is interesting, too, because we kind of transitioned to this, not only the side of we're going to take a look at the software and look at, you know, players that provide value with their prop bets and stuff like that. I noticed uh, another peer, so I'm not putting any any I don't have any of my prop bets, but. Alec Pierce is kind of high up on that rookie of the year board too. And that makes me think, Hey, the sports books know something. He should probably be more and more featured in my late round receiver drafts. And he is moving off the board. That was one thing I noticed kind of looking at those rookie of the years. Cause I didn't really see one that I wanted to grab. I'll be told when we get into that, that won't be a, a prop I'm interested in, but I did think that Alec Pierce moving up the board was like, Hey, maybe. And since you mentioned Pierce, I just thought it was a natural move to go there that, Hey, maybe this is a guy I should be drafting, not putting prop money down on, but drafting a little bit more frequently than I already have been. Definitely. Uh, all well said there, my friend, any final thoughts you had from some of the moves we've seen these last couple of days as the preseason dwindles into the regular season, not to beat a dead horse, but, uh, man, I'm really liking my Jeff Wilson jr. Calls from a little while ago. Now that sermon's officially out of the house. I know that doesn't make him the guy yet behind Mitchell, uh, but makes me feel better about it. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, so there are the news and notes on those roster Excuse me. There's roster uh, cutdowns and some of our final takes there. Let's transition now into the big topic of the day where we're going to spend the rest of the podcast here on this episode, James. And that is some season long prop bets, both for teams that we like. Some are player prop bets. We've got a lengthy list. Like I said, I will say I've only made a couple actually real of these so far, but I do intend everything I talk about today, eventually putting money on when I get out there uh, to the place to do it, James. Uh, in terms of in general, uh, before we dive into specific prop bets, I think, you know, we got a lot of fantasy people that subscribe to the podcast here. Like, how do you use, how do, how do these fantasy managers that are listening to the podcast, like, and they haven't done as much on the prop bet side, and but they have, they feel like they got a good fantasy knowledge. Like, how do you transfer your fantasy knowledge and some of the things, and, you know, you've got these players you like and these players you don't like. How, how do you take it and then turn it into like, all right, I, I want to find some props to get some action on. The first thing I did um, when we get into individual players is I look at ADP and I try to identify players that I do and don't like at their ADP. There's a player I think is being vastly underdrafted. Then I'm probably going to like the overs on the props that are out there before on them because I like them better than the general consensus of the community. And the, uh, the opposite is true. Players that I think are going off the board way too early. Well, those are players I'm going to look at their numbers, their props and go, and hopefully like the unders significantly because I'm not as high on them as the general consensus is. So that was the first way I really took, you know, I mean, you can obviously just kind of like throw darts at names and go, Oh, what do I like at that name? You're a pick a name you're interested in putting a number on. But if you're trying to find players that aren't necessarily front and center in your brain, that's how I did it. Look at ADP and find the guys that I think are, are too low and too high. And then, and then look at those props. And a lot of times they all kind of sync up. Yeah. That's very well said. And I take a similar approach. Even when I'm looking at the draft advisor and our fantastics tool, I'm over here. I'm trying to find players that we're projecting rounds ahead of their ADP and, and vice versa. And then I'm looking at those projections and looking at the market 
of what that player is available across these other books. And I will say, if you're in a state where sports betting is legal, be sure to shop around, right? If you're putting down the, spe- the more scratch you put down, the more it's worth it, especially if you're just doing it online, you're not even driving or leaving your house. Check out what's out there. If you like this player for whatever the touchdown total is or whatever, whatever it is you're looking at, see what all the others that are available in your area are offering too. Because if you're betting a lot of them and if you're betting frequently, that little bit of difference could really add up. Um, when we get into the MVP conversation, and you know, I like to take flyers on non-QBs, there's one player that I found an incredibly vast difference between the physical location I would go to and uh, one of these online sports books. So amen to that, dog. I did not learn quickly enough about price shopping uh, when I started betting golf either. Because that those are numbers similar like some of these prop numbers where – you know, 80 to one or plus 8,000. That's not a crazy bet to make on a golfer. And I've hit six plus 6,600 on a golfer before. Wonder what those numbers might've been elsewhere. Had I been shopping at that time? I'll never know. You'll never know, but uh, it's just now you do know. And that's why we're telling others we're here to spread the news, especially for for you that are just dipping your toes. I mean, the reality of it is, is that more and more States get legal. I mean, there's a lot of newbies in it each year. So, Mm Hmm. Let's start diving in, James, and let's start because I don't have as many team props, but let's start on the team prop side. Okay. And I know that, I, I mean, first of all, I, we've already talked about on other episodes of whatever that some of you already made, which I'm sure we're going to reset here. And, and even some of those, I, I'll double down on it with you. But uh, let's start with one, you know, something you've already bet on or identified as a team prop that you like. Well, okay, I did bet the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl. That's a homer bet, and I didn't get it at the right number. So we'll just go ahead and move on from that one that I have. And look, I bet FC Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Reds. I'll just throw 20 on them every yeah. time. Well, I told you, the plus 1,100 right now in the Bengals just to win the NFC, I'm thinking about putting like 600 down on it. If it hits, I got my two Super Bowl tickets paid for. And I barely got better than that for them to win the Super Bowl at 1,600. Now it's plus 2,000, I do believe. Uh, 2,200, the right places. But I got in on their win total back at nine and a half, Dan. And I'm trying to, I'm scrolling down to see where their 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 win total is now. And I'm finding some at eight and a half. Of course, that's a very skewed number. Looks like nine and a half is still a pretty good number. 10 is moved some places. But I went over the nine and a half for the Bengals, a homer bet. But I really do like that one. And I put the same number down on the Saints at eight and a half. I think the Saints, a team who have beaten the the, the Tom Brady-led Bucks, are in a division with two really bad teams. Now, I will say this. The Saints do have a pretty tough schedule outside of their division. Um, but I threw down on them over eight and a half. I like those two overs. Those were really the only team totals I got after. And then I did bet Washington because you know I like Carson Wentz more than the average player. I would rather Chase Young was looking a little better than he is right now, but that's a division that, oddly enough, hasn't had a repeat winner since 2004. Now, that doesn't mean that the the, the defending champ, uh, I think it's the Eagles, will win that division. Uh, doesn't mean they can't. They were the last team to repeat. Doesn't mean that the Cowboys can't get back to the playoffs and be the division winner, but I like Washington at 5-1. to one. I do think that division's wide open, and we'll see how that one pans out. Yeah. Uh, I like the Saints one better than I like the Washington one. I mean, That's fair. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I think I would. I'm looking at the Saints right now as a team like you. I think is being a little undervalued just in general. 
I really especially love what they've done on this defense in the offseason. And There's the such promising news of Jamison Winston coupled with the potential and more than likely now delay of the Camara suspension. I think the market hasn't really caught up to the Saints. And you know, the question is, is like, how do I want to bet them? The win total, it's not bad. I mean, you're looking right now, I'm looking at the win total of the Saints. Uh, and I'm just looking across different sites. So what did you say you got it at? Eight and a half. And I got that at even money too. Yeah. So, yeah. So right now over eight and a half is what you're looking at. And the best that I see on the market is uh minus 110. So you're definitely doing pretty good there. So I, I don't know that to me, I mean, it's not bad. Like I, I like that, but you know, I'm looking at some of these other things about the Saints in terms of like maybe winning the division or to make the playoffs where they mm-hmm. got some of these bigger boosts. And I actually like the plus money of making the playoffs more than I do the over myself, uh, which is why I probably in DraftKings right now of of, of the bet of the uh, sports books here in the closest state to us where we gamble in Indiana, which is what I'm currently looking at. Uh, they have it at plus 125. It's plus 120 at BetMGM, plus 118 over at FanDuel. But yeah, we're going to put, uh, I'm going to put the Saints to make the playoffs is what's on my list, James, at plus 125. And uh, I really like that bet based off of all the things you already said. I like it. And just for the record, I put two bills on the Saints. I put $20 on, on Washington. So I was certainly <laughs> more interested in the Saints. Yes. I will say another team that's really got my eye as maybe not as much as the Saints as being undervalued, but I think like the Saints, they play in a division that I don't think is that good. Uh, secondly, I think I like the young team. Maybe I'm just buying into some of the hype uh, going on with uh, you know hard knocks and everything. But the Detroit Lions, James, have got my eye. And I think you're looking at a team here. The win total there, uh, I wish I'd have jumped on this a little bit earlier. I should have drove over to Indiana a month ago when we were talking about it because – the five and a half it was a month ago at like minus one twenty is now six and a half, which is a steep price. But I still think this is a team that could go five hundred this season, and so seven and ten, uh, I'm in on that. If they stay healthy, I think they get there. The schedule's easy. I like the coach. They got a good young nucleus coming in. Jared Goff's better than most people give him credit for. Not saying in mm-hmm. fantasy, but no, you're right. And this is a team going the right direction. So. Seven wins and and this new eighteen week season seventeen game format is not what it used to be. I think the same uh, the Lions get there. I'm going over the seven and a half, and like I said, I'm shopping around. I'm I'm mad that I didn't get the five and a half, but I'll take the seven and a half right there and uh, lay the points uh, minus the one twenty or uh, minus the one twenty five. Now I look at their playoff odds. Because if, all right, they get to seven wins, I don't know if I'm as confident as them getting to nine or ten wins. That might be a little bit too much, but I might still throw down on it because it's plus 350 right now. It's actually plus 400 at DraftKings, plus 410 at FanDuel. So even 10 bucks could get me back 40. So that might make it into my repertoire on the Saints, or excuse me, on the Lions. Uh, is there a team that you really think is overrated? Because the, the team I'm going under on is the Bucks, James. And I have yet to find a team that I'm going the under. I found the two overs I liked, and I think that's where I'm done. I'm done with teams after that. Well, the only one I'm going to go under on is Tampa Bay. And I I don't love it, but I do think it is the right bet to make. 11 and a half is what it is right now. Um, oh, and, and two against the Saints. Yeah, and... <laughs> 
I do think that they're the best team in their division. I think they're going to yeah. get back to the playoffs. I think they're going to do all these things. But I, with all the offensive line issues, and there's, there's, there's a lot of warning signs that coaching, I mean, there's so much we don't really know how it's going to be. Like 12 and 5 is a pretty, really good season. And I think, I don't think they get there. So that's the one under. I think, I don't see them getting the 12 wins. 11 or under for me. So I'm going to take the under. The problem is, is everybody's taking the under. So. The best place you can find it right now is over at DraftKings, and it's minus 135. But I think those are currently the only team bets that I've really zoned in on. Uh, I'll certainly have some more before the season starts, at least a couple more, I'm sure. I will say this. Uh, Tom Brady has a propensity throughout his career to lose to a team he has no business losing to. He only, he usually wins the games he should, though. So I learned a long time ago not to bet against Tom Brady. I don't argue with anything you said, and I hope he's 0-2 against the Saints. But I, until Tom Brady retires, I will not bet against him. And once he does, whatever he does then, I won't bet against him either, even if it's golf. I left out my favorite bets, and I'm sorry, I should have led with this. I've crossed it off my list is why I confused myself. But my favorite team props are the Chargers. And I've been saying that this is mm-hmm. the bet I've already made. Um, you know, I bet this to win the AFC West. Um, it's right in line with what I made it. At two, I got it at 225. It's at 220 at DraftKings right now, 240 over at the Chargers. So I absolutely think that for that, that, I mean, that's the team James right now. I get, it's going to be the best division in football. I understand it, but that's the team right now. I'm predicting to win the Super Bowl for the AFC, much less the AFC West to get them to win their division at plus two forty. I just can't not stop. Um, I'm just not touching that division because I still believe in the chiefs, but, and they were not a playoff team while other teams in that division, two other teams were last year. I know that's last year, not this year. And I think it's fun out there, even for just casual betters. I mean, on the Super Bowl, take a few teams like that. Find a couple teams. I mean, the Chargers, the team that I've currently got picked to win the Super Bowl in, in 2022, they're plus 1500 to win the Super Bowl. So just $10 down can get me a buck fifty back in my pocket and something to root for. And I do think that's I, I'm, that's always a, you know, that's always a move that I'm willing to make where you just throw down 10, you can get a nice return. Yeah. So let's transition now over to the player props. And before we get into individual player props, I know you've identified some like rookie of the year stuff and some other, you know, larger field prop uh, on the player side. Let's start there, James, with some on your list. Well, if you think I'm not going back to the well with Derrick Henry at MVP, you're insane. Uh, Things I'm interested in when I look at MVP is fading quarterback. Eventually, it's going to be a non-quarterback again. I think we're due for that. Derrick Henry uh, found him all the way up at plus 8,500. I think that was a points bet. Um, look, I mean, I made the bet last year. If this team is successful, if they if they make a run in the playoffs or to the playoffs again, and he plays 16, 15 games, no one else on that team is going to be the MVP. It's not going to be a defender. It is not going to be a receiver. It's not going to be Ryan Tannehill. It'll be Derrick Henry. So I like him. There were two other MVP bets that I was interested in. I've seen Cooper Cup anywhere from plus 8,000 to plus 10,000. Um, look, he had a wonderful year and with the injury right now to acres. And I wonder if this team is going to run the ball very much, if they're just going to flood the ball to Cooper cup, perhaps in the end zone, we saw the red zone usage that he got a year ago. And again, if you throw $10 on it, you're getting a thousand back at plus 10,000. So that's the bet I like. And then Travis Kelsey was a player I did bet last year for MVP. And I'll say this with Tyreek Hill gone, Patrick Mahomes has won it. If ever a tight end is going to win the MVP right now, it's Travis Kelsey. Gronk never did. A tight end's never won it. So it's a long stretch. But I've seen him up on the bet MGM. He was plus 50,000 
at MVP. If they run this season 50,000 times, I think the Chiefs are still the team to beat in the AFC West. And if Mahomes has already won that and he has petitioned for Kelsey to win it, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if they're great again, that Kelsey's the reason and he could win this MVP. So those are the three guys. And again, I faded all quarterbacks because, well, the uh, the numbers aren't just aren't there for a play a long-term play like this that I'd want to get into. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't really play any MVP stuff. Uh, I've never I, hit them because I don't bet quarterbacks. So I get it. I mean, it's it's a it's a fun thing. I, I don't I haven't studied it enough, but um, there certainly are some that are, I do think are interesting. And let's get into some one I like, which is most receptions. Mm-hmm. I got a and, few I like here. Yeah, and to me, it goes back to what we were sort of already talking about, James, of like wide receivers sort of being the most predictable position. But this is a perfect instance where I want to go over to the draft advisor. Yep. And those trusty projections that have done me so well in the decade plus I've been around it. And uh, I'm looking at just our projected receptions, and I only have to go three down to see Keenan Allen at 100. (laughs) And I'm looking over at the odds. And, you know, Cooper Cup plus 500, Justin Jefferson plus 800. I mean, Justin Jefferson, just on my straight up thought, I mean, to me, that's the guy that would be my favorite here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind the plus 800. I, you know, it's just, I mean, there's a lot of risk there for that small return. I'm looking down the guy we're projecting with the third most receptions inside the software, Keenan Allen. He's plus 2,000, James, 20 to 1. Again, $10 gets you back 200. Is the first one I wrote down. I got into the software. I clicked on the receptions tab. This is exactly how I hunted down players that I liked for receptions and pass yards. Those were the two, um, the two like where I found thought I was finding some values. There are a couple guys that I'm going to bet for pass receptions, and Keenan Allen is number one on my list as well. Yeah, well, let's see who number two is and if it matches up with mine. It's the sun god. I'm on Ross St. Brown. <laughs> He's plus thirty five hundred to plus four thousand, depending on where you look. And the number of catches this guy, you realize, I mean, I know he had an insane completion percentage last year, a reception percentage, but as a rookie, he gained Jared Groff's uh, trust to get eight, 90 catches last year, 59 in the second half. I mean, at the number he has in a team that, again, I think they'll be a little bit better, but they're going to play from behind. St. Brown's going to get peppered with the ball still. I know Chark is a nice little addition, and Swift is healthy. Jamison Williams, their number one pick, isn't healthy. He's not going to start the year there. How much will they be good enough to really value or make it uh, worth the value of, of his injury risk to get him back on the field? I love Amon Ross St. Brown right there. Yeah. That was one that stuck out to me as well. I think another guy uh, that I think has a shot to make make some noise is Devontae Adams. I mean, I know he's got a new future, a uh, new quarterback here, different scenery. But, I mean, when you're getting, like, in some cases, two or three times the value of, like, the front-end guys, I mean, he's the fourth receiver going off the board and the jump-up significant. So, C.D. Lamb is the one that interests me a lot, too, um, when we get into receiving yards, which is uh, another category that I was looking at. And for me, I'm looking at C.D. Lamb plus 1,300. And, I mean, our projections are modest. And, sure, Cup, Jefferson, Chase. I mean, there's there's nobody arguing that those guys should be projected more. But think about it, James. C.D. Lamb, this is – I mean, if there is ever a year that's just poised for, like, this next step, this next thing, this next 
you look at what they have to go to. I mean, he's going to have so much funneled to him. And if him and Dak can both stay healthy, I mean, CeeDee Lamb could end up being fantasy football's number one receiver this season. I made him a number one selection last night at the swing turn, so I'm not arguing that. Um, I'm going to go back to you said, Devontae Adams. I'm actually interested in his teammate, Hunter Renfro, to lead the league in receptions. He's plus 5,000, and I do understand that there's a big change in the scenario last year from when you know they lost rugs and he was the only receiver on that team. He caught 103 balls last year. It is the same quarterback throwing. It is a division where there's going to be plenty of points on the board. There is a little conversation about Waller. Is it just a holdout for contract? Is he a little banged up? How effective is Jacobs going to be? I'm interested in Hunter Renfro still. Not necessarily to be a superstar, but going to get peppered with targets, I still believe. And Devontae Adams is going to force, I think, defenses to cover him and give Renfro, I think, a bigger um, window to catch the ball than he had last year where he was the number one guy. Yeah. I mean, it's a swing for the fences. But it's one that you're making – that you're, you're basing off of some, you know, there's like Skeeter Robinson, our guy over on the Fantastics DFS side does the podcast with you. I mean, Skeeter says all the time when you do some of these things, what story are you telling here? Yeah. Can you tell the story to get to it? And I mean, it applies in some of these prop bets, I think. Is there a path for this to happen? And, you know, is it worth these things? Because, James, I mean, you only have to hit one of those boat rides every couple seasons to make all the other boat rides covered. Correct. And these are all that I'm throwing little $20 bets on, not large money. So, I mean, honestly, if I hit my two season long totals overs, I'll be well into the positive, even if I lose every one of these. Yeah. So all good things to consider there. Uh, Anything additional on like the big field things uh, before we get into a few just straight up player over under things? Pass yards, I did the same thing. Um, just clicked on pass yards to, you know, sort that from most to least. And Derek Carr, I mean, we're both talking about one of his receivers. You got to talk about Derek Carr to be the passing leader at the end of the year, uh, somewhere between plus 900 and plus 1,000. And I like Joe Burrow. I found him anywhere from plus 800 to plus 1,200. Um, two guys that are high-end fantasy quarterbacks, Burrow more so than Carr, not going to run the ball a ton, so their productivity is all tied to throwing the ball, whether it's dumping it off to a Mixon or a Jacobs or the deep ball that they'll both throw as well. Yeah, all fair points again. All right, so let's transition over into some individual just straight-up player props, more over-unders. and uh, I'll start here, James. The guy I really love is Michael Pittman. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the official Fantastics Draft Advisor projection for Pittman. And this is an instance where this is just a guy I know I like in fantasy. I I really think he's going to take a step forward. And I'm hoping that maybe the betting public isn't caught up to the fantasy gurus out there. I'm looking at the Fantastics projection, 91 catches, 1,125 yards, seven touchdowns. I'm going over here, man. I'm looking at it. I mean, 85 and a half, the over under the six and a half touchdowns and uh, the 1,025 and a half yards. And I, I know I'm trying to stay away from all overs, but dude, I love all of those overs. I found some overs I like. Don't worry. I definitely, 100% of those overs, love the over touchdowns the most. And, you know, they lost some of their tight ends. They're just, they got rookies and other players. I mean, Matt Ryan, we know I like seven touchdowns. And if if he plays, I mean, it's all about health with any of these bets. And if you're going over, that's always a thing. Michael Pittman doesn't have much durability concerns on his record in college or the pros. He is clearly the number one. You're seeing him now go in the top 10 of almost every 
draft out there that's an industry draft or a high stakes draft at the position. And you're seeing these numbers go up and uh, the receiving yards. I mean, I'm comfortable betting that, but I mean, it's the touchdowns. I like the most, the 80, the catches next, the, the receiving yards in each, but in each instance, the Fantastics draft advisors, multiple units ahead of it. So um, I already liked the bet. I looked over at the tool. I'm like, okay, confirmed. Check, check, and check. I'm going mostly on the receiving yards a little bit each on the other categories, and he'll be one of the players. I have a, some pro- multiple props in this season. If I'm going to go over on a horse, I'm going to go with his teammate, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I found an over at 1,400 and a half rushing yards. I don't know if I'm actually going to make it. It's one that I'm interested in, but because you brought up the Colts, I felt necessary to bring it up quickly uh, because I don't really like the rushing yardage props, the leaders, uh, because I think the numbers really fall in line with what I think they're going to be. And so it's all like value, value, value. But Jonathan Taylor ran for eighteen hundred over 1,800 yards last year. We're projecting him to get back to that number again and easily eclipse the 1,400 and a half. I don't know if I'll bet it, but it is one I'm, I'm interested in. Yeah. I'll go throw another one at you. Joe Mixon. Uh, You've thrown out a bunch of different Bengals, and I've got the Bengals bets I'll make uh, for the team props we discussed. But my only player prop that I really like is the rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think we both agree, and people might think we're biased, but I I just watched this team play so closely the last couple months of the season, and I think it's going to start like it finished. They're going to be scoring at will. Uh, and yeah, they're going to play some tough teams and those games are mostly going to be shootouts. Joe Mixon over nine and a half touchdowns. Like you can still get that, get it while you can at FanDuel. It's minus minus one twenty six, but it's already up to over 10 and a half at the other spots. So what, what is it, James? Oh, I like that. Obviously. I mean, I told you, uh, that while I'm not calling for it, um, that I think Joe Mixon could be that guy who has that fluky 20 gonna, touchdown year this year. I'm going to take it another step because I'm going to fire down a couple bills on that, but I'm also going to fire down about half of what I fired down on that bet, and I'm going to put maybe maybe not half, but a decent amount on him leading the league in rushing touchdowns, where he's plus twelve hundred over at Fanduel. Do not hate that at all. You know, I think he has a chance to do that. Um, when I'm going touchdowns, I like to find a lower number, and I don't know who's going to score all the touchdowns in Green Bay. I feel like AJ Dillon's going to score a few this year, Dan, and I found over five and a half rushing touchdowns. That's the kind of number I like attacking because only he might get two in week one, and then I only need four more the rest of the year. Uh, we're projecting him for six, so it's not as if we're projecting him for a ton. But I think Dylan is going to be more of the runner, Jones more of the receiver, and I think Dylan might be. Look, they they're going to use Jones around the goal line too, but they're going to use them both a ton. I like over five and a half. I'll go to my next player prop, and I'm going to find an under here, James. We already established and talked about it on the show last week, but I totally agreed with the fantastic draft advisor here and. The example of finding a player that's getting hyped up right now where you're not as hyped as everybody else. And for me, it's Trey Lance. I do like the potential. I do understand the ceiling. There's no doubt about it. He's dynamic. And I think a lot of it's going to be because of what he does with his legs. But his passing yard props are a little exaggerated for me. He's got some more to prove. And I think you hit the nail on the head for me to really drive me in this when we were doing our show last week. We know that Debo Samuel is going to run the heck out of the football, too. Oh, yeah, they got Elijah Mitchell and this Wilson and the rookie kid and all these other players. Like, I just don't see Trey Lance getting to the 3,300, or excuse me, at at DraftKings, it's 3,500 and a half. And this is a great example why you want to shop around, James, because at FanDuel, it's 200 less yards, and you're actually getting better odds right now. At DraftKings, it's plus 110 
over 3,500 and a half yards. Meanwhile, at FanDuel, it's over 3,300 and a half yards, 200 less yards, and you're laying minus 112. This is why you shop people. Go to DraftKings, bet that under 3,500. He has a fine season. And dude, he could throw for 3,300 yards and still be a top five fantasy quarterback because yep. he rushes for 1,000 and, and seven touchdowns. So I'm not killing him in the fantasy value. I do think he has this high ceiling. I get why he's on the rise. He certainly probably should be a, at least a back-end QB1 in fantasy, but I don't think he's throwing for 3,500 yards. When Lamar Jackson won the MVP, he threw for 3,127 yards. Uh, in 2020, he threw for 2,700. Last year, he threw for 2,800. Trey Lance going to outdo what Lamar Jackson's done in his career? That's what he'd have to do to go over. I love that bet. Um, oh, and by the way, since we're talking Lamar Jackson and unders, I actually like the under on Lamar Jackson's passing prop as well. 3,550 and a half yards for Lamar Jackson. He hasn't done it yet. They just got rid of Hollywood Brown. Uh, he's got to stay healthy all year to get close to it. And right now he's got an unproven Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. I mean, we're talking about Isaiah Likely is now a fantasy commodity, Devin Duvernay and James Prochet. Those guys getting over the top? Uh-uh. Yeah. Anything else you got on the player props? I I have one under, too, that I like, um, that I think really I'm probably going to fire down. I might fire big. You know how much I love Najee Harris, right, Dan? You know I absolutely love him. I found the prop under 1,600 and a half rushing and receiving combined yards. We're not projecting them. We have him as the fifth running back on our board, as high as anyone else would have him. And he barely got over that number last year. There's already some conversation about a, a mild Liz Frank injury that'll probably good to go in week one. Now we don't have a quarterback that we, we know will dump it to him like Ben had done consistently throughout the years. We're projecting him to go under that total by a little bit, and that's staying fully healthy. Again, a running back position where if he misses a couple years, this is almost a layup. Give me Najee Harris under 1,600 and .5 rush receiving combined yards. I got another one I like is Cole Komet, a player that I think is uh, going to need be needed in Chicago this year and uh, had a good preseason. I know that Darnell Mooney is obviously a pretty talented weapon. I think Cole Komet might be the second on this team right now, James. He and- is. He was non-existent in the red zone this year, but they've been talking about him really being more of a factor. I mean, I've heard it numerous times from beat writers and some of their coach talk and blah, blah, blah. But it's three and a half touchdowns receiving, James. Three and a half touchdowns for a guy that... I love those. A guy that I'm predicting to be a top 10 fantasy tight end. I get he hasn't found the end zone, uh, but I like the three and a half touchdowns. I don't like it. I love it. Right now, the only place I can get it is DraftKings, and it's three and a half minus 115. And when I'm at it, maybe not as much, but maybe half of it, I might have thrown down on the over the receiving prop because it's only 585 yards. So um, I like the touchdown total better again because I think he gets to four barring injury. There's three receiving touchdowns that I'm going to go after, and I might add Cole Komet to that. Kyle Pitts, over four and a half touchdowns. DJ Moore, over four and a half touchdowns. And I realize DJ Moore has four touchdowns the last couple years each. Brandon Cooks, over five and a half touchdowns. He's had six each of the last two years. Those are my three over-touchdown bets that I like. Um, I don't know if one sounds silly or awful, but, I mean, much to the same point you made about Komet, Pitts, come on, there's going to be some TD progression. Mariota in the mix now instead of uh, our boy Ryan. So I'm going with those ones. Yeah. 
That's what I got for now. Like I said, I'll add to it. I'm going to put a whole blog post up and tweet it out before the season kicks off. But we'll be talking more about him as well when we get back together this weekend over on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can get Fantastics Insider Football with myself and James Saturdays all season long, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you're new, you can subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Get it anytime at insiderfootball.com. And while you're there, check out a free trial with this fantastic draft advisor. Better yet, just go buy it and get all this stuff downloaded. Get the projection. It'll help you on your props, help you on your leagues. And if you don't want to buy it, just make a first-time deposit over at Thrive Fantasy. It's Boom. props and fantasy all in one. Our guy Skeeter Robinson will tell you how fun it is when he won ten mm-hmm. grand last year. And if you uh, put 20 bucks in there as a first-time deposit on the insider.com or on insiderfootball.com sign-up page through that link, you then get our touchdown package, which is all the season content, all – the Draft Advisor, and much more, all for free. So check it out. James, any final thoughts on these prop bets, the end of preseason? Next week when we come back, we'll start up our Tuesday night gigs with our waiver wire shows. It's hard to believe we're going to be talking waiver wire next time we get out here in early season streamers. I got one final thought for you. The next time we do this, I'm going to have some food marinating for Thursday night football, dog. Uh, what are you now cooking for? Sounds- what, are you, what are you making, dude? I, mean, I don't know. I don't even care. Do? Just the idea that, I don't know, maybe chicken or steak. I know, I'm sure Eric. <laughs> Truth dude, is, if, Eric will If you're marinating that on Tuesday, it ain't going to be around on Thursday. I know how you'd like to eat. <laughs> well, you know, 60-minute marinade. What are you going to do? Good luck in your draft tonight, Jamin, and, and, and the 17 left you have remaining, my friend. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow night in our auction draft. Good luck to everybody. Let's hopefully hit some of these props, dog. All right. For James Adams, I'm Dan Classics. We'll catch you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.